Stone Cold versus Mr. McMahon. They gave Stone Cold Steve Austin all he could handle. Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. Everybody in that goddamn dressing room knows that I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Raven versus Tommy Dreamer. He said you weren't a true friend. He said you'd turn your back on me. He was right. Greg the Sound Guy and Mo Lightning versus Common Sense. You rule the world long enough. You're tuning into the newest, greatest feud in pro wrestling. Get ready. You're listening to The Big Show from Wrestling Audio. This Saturday, the Low Blow returns to Wizard World Chicago, where that has been the site of many crazy panels in the past. I have no doubt this year will follow the pattern. That's coming up Saturday, 1 o'clock. Again, room one at Wizard World Chicago. Myself and Balls going to be talking to pro wrestling and giving away some goodies, bribing you for your listenership. I believe uh, autographs from John Cena, Sheamus, Dean Ambrose, Charlotte, and even Jerry the King Lawler. So uh, interaction can win you those prizes if you're coming on out. And then not long after that, I am moderating the panel with Christian, Tommy Dreamer, and Road Warrior Animal. So a great Saturday of pro wrestling ahead. To get there, though, we need to get through the big show. I am Mo Lightning. He is Greg the Sound Guy. Greg, you should come out, man. I'd like to. Who cares about work and obligations? <laughs> Just come on out and party, man. <laughs> maybe next year. Uh, maybe. You never know. You never know. But uh, it should be a good time. Chicago's always a rowdy crowd. One of these, I think it was 20, 2015, 2016 was the last... Uh, comic-con i've been at it's been a couple years yeah it's been a while uh you know without me on the tour uh balls doesn't host as many of of the panels anymore and i don't make it out to those more local to greg the sound guys so uh, who knows you never know what's gonna happen but it should be fun uh this will be the first panel i've moderated in about two years uh you know not just hosted a podcast but an actual celebrity panel which is kind of cool uh i was told i probably could have had more if my schedule, if my availability was a bit more open, but unfortunately, that work and obligation on my end <laughs> kind of gets in the way of, again, partying. But hey. It happens. It happens. But hey, you know, it's cool. I get, uh, it's a hell of a lineup. I've never met Dreamer. I've never met Christian. And I've never met Animals. So this is a, a great opportunity for, for me and uh, for people that aren't aware, you know, the official wrestling audio mascot, my cat, Captain Charisma, named after Christian. <laughs> So you have to you have to let him know that. Yeah, and he'll probably just look at me like, "Cool." <laughs> All right, can we get another moderator, please? <laughs> probably, probably. So anyway, that's coming up this weekend. All the details at Wrestling Audio on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon. You know all the hot spots. Greg, what do we got going on in today's show? I got some news. Uh, on a side note, real quick, I finally saw Infinity War. No. Oh, and uh, what did you think? Uh, you immediately texted me at the kickoff of SummerSlam. <laughs> hey, you watch yeah. SummerSlam? Yeah, yeah, I saw, I saw, I saw Seth Slam Rollins. And I, and I saw Infinity War. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously, it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, it, it, it blows Justice League away, but, but that's, there's an asterisk there because we didn't get the original cut that we were supposed to get of Justice League. Sure, so Sure, you keep telling so, yourself so, that. Yep. So it's a good it was it was a good movie, right on par with Batman versus Superman. <laughs> okay. All right. Whatever you say, Greg. <laughs> Whatever you say, but at least you you got Seth Rollins's entrance and wrestling attire from SummerSlam, the yes, Thanos. I did bit. notice that. Yes. Yeah. So I appreciated the hell out of that as a guy who has a giant Thanos tattoo on his shoulder and bicep. Yeah, I appreciated Seth Rollins getting into the geekdom where you're used to that from uh, Rey Mysterio, Alexa Bliss, uh, Johnny Gargano, uh, and there are others. I, I know there's others I'm missing out on, but I would not expect it from Seth, which was really cool. And yeah. since and since you were watching SummerSlam, at least for the first part, what did you think of the show? Overall, I thought it was good. I liked how they booked the main event. I liked how they kind of trolled people from booing and uh you know they, they, they booked it to where they kept the crowd from taking over the main event in a sense uh by putting that uh possible braun Strowman, and then the, they did a 180 turn and then ended up not having Strowman cash in uh you know because everybody thought oh whoever 
match don't matter because they're going to have Strowman come in and, uh, you know, we're going to have Strowman versus, uh, you know, whoever. And, you know, they, they did a 180 turn there. So I think they booked it uh, the best they possibly could to keep Strowman from actually uh, being in it, but without having a uh, repeat of the 2004 um, Goldberg versus uh, Lesnar match. Right, and even with Stone Cold being a part of that one, it was still very brutal to, uh, right. to witness, and, and the live crowd let you know it, but uh, they did a very smart, clever job with this pay-per-view, with this main event specifically. I like that Roman accidentally hit Braun, but it was Brock who intentionally hit Braun, right. so you're like, well, no, Braun didn't cash in because of Brock Lesnar. Hate that guy. Right, the guy that's leaving, you know. Yeah, yeah so. don't don't hate Roman Reigns. <laughs> Love him. Love him more. Oh, look, a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion. Love him even more. <laughs> we really, really are desperate for you to like Roman Reigns. Yeah, got to build for that uh, WrestleMania 35 Rock versus Roman Reigns match, right? You know, I I, I could see it happening. I, I, I know a lot of people, speaking of The Rock real quick, I know a lot of people got their hopes up that The Rock was going to make an appearance at SummerSlam. A lot of people oh, thought. Oh, I did. I wasn't expecting that at all. I wasn't either. Uh, I do expect him to wrestle at WrestleMania, assuming his film schedule allows, but he has blatantly said that he wants to wrestle again at WrestleMania. Him against Roman, it's going to be a hell of a match. Makes a lot of sense. Family, familiarity. Uh, but I know a lot of people were really hoping he, he mixed it up with Elias and they had like a, a cross concert, but obviously that didn't happen. Right. But, uh, so Roman, let's talk about the shield thing real quick. Yeah. Obviously, you know, that, that's a great way to get Roman cheered. I take it as WWE kind of rewinding a little bit though, where before Dean got injured, the shield had reunited and it looked like they were going somewhere. I think they're just going back, resetting that storyline, wherever it may be heading. Right. We're all expecting a Dean Ambrose turn, which... I think his character's better as a heel anyway, but it's going to be awkward in the meantime because you have him, you had Roman wrestling uh, Finn Balor, who the crowd was behind. You had Braun Strowman come out, who got this monster pop, uh, but yet the Shield's going to be booked as the top faces. Right. And it's like, where are the heels in this equation? You need Dean or Seth or Roman. You need somebody to turn heel because now the raw face side of things is too heavy. This main event side. I don't know. I, I'm just, uh, I, I'm curious to see where they're going to go with it. I don't even know if WWE knows where they're going to go with it, but, uh, you know, it's it, it's an interesting direction. I guess we just got to sit tight and just be happy that the Universal Championship's back on TV on a regular basis. Right. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, anything else from SummerSlam, Raw, or even SmackDown that you kind of want to, you want to uh, talk about? I guess the uh, Elias uh, guitar broke, and then I couldn't find anywhere on the internet if that if that was a work or if that was a legitimate screw-up. It looked like a work to me. Uh, I mean, the, no one's really talked about it at all. Yeah, I, I think we want to know, like, was it, was it sabotage? Did somebody bust the guitar and ruin his concert? Right, right. Is he frustrated and he broke it on his own? <laughs> you know, I mean, he had a number one selling mini album uh, on iTunes and whatnot, but the character might be upset that he's not higher on the ladder. Maybe I don't know. There's, there's possibilities to this storyline, but I like that we don't have immediate answers. Right. Hopefully, you know, they're going somewhere with this. Hopefully they have a plan, but let's be honest, they probably don't. <laughs> they're winging it. One one week at a time, let's see what happens. So so for the news this week, I got old news and new news. I got a mix of news, because it's been, what, two, three weeks since we recorded? Yeah, I think the last time so, we heard from you was in a triple threat, right? Right, yeah, yeah. It was about three weeks ago. All right, well, what do you got, uh, man? What are so, we starting so, with, new or old? In between, in between, okay. must, two questions. Okay. Question number one, is there such thing as too much Raisin Bran? Because I had a whole box of Raisin Bran this morning for breakfast, and I got to make sure that there's no such thing as too much Raisin Bran. Okay, I don't know how this affects the news, but okay. Um, <laughs> maybe you have a, a unique segue, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I would say ask your colon and your sphincter later on. <laughs> If you've had too much Raisin Bran, but if they're cooperative, then no, there's not too much for you. All right. So we're good there. Question number two. Have you ever shook Randy Orton's hand? 
Uh, no, I have not. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Have you? No. I'm pretty sure Balls has though. <laughs> Balls hosted at least one panel. For for Randy Orton, so I have no doubt that he shook his hand, which by default means he's touched Randy Orton's pee pee. <laughs> uh, the what, what was the original news article? The news article's title was WWE looking into Randy Orton quote misconduct allegation, and I just saw that and I laughed, and I'm like, oh lord, what is it now? The yeah, that's is... that's like saying uh, <laughs> WWE expecting the sun to come up tomorrow. <laughs> It's just Randy Orton and misbehaving is always gone in this case, hand in hand. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, It just, it just hasn't had an incident in a while. And it sounds like this one is one from the past, but WWE's got to, got to do something. They got to at least make some statements saying we're looking into it in this day of age. Everybody gets upset about everything. So you at least have to pretend you care. Right. Right. And 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 that's the crazy thing about this is, it's an incident that allegedly happened in the mid 2000s when Randy Orton was synonymous with controversy. I mean, that was when he was trashing hotel rooms and, you know, dumping a baby oil and, or in bags or crapping or whatever it was in people's bags. Sexually and, harassing some of the diva search contestants. So allegedly <laughs> got to so, throw that in there. And, it, it came about in a 2012 podcast with a former writer uh, who was a Kurt Bauer, I yeah, think his yeah. name is, or Court, I'm sorry, Court, Court yeah, Bauer, yeah. who uh, is involved with MLW now. Uh, so he did a podcast in 2012 and talked about this story. Nothing came of it at the time because it was when 2012 when people weren't upset and fended about everything that happened everywhere oh yeah um but now that we're we're in 2018 and everybody's offended by everything Mm -hmm. um somebody apparently listened to the old podcast then sent him a tweet saying hey you talked about this in 2012 is this true and he's like yeah so that one tweet created this news article it created this uh, about something that happened ten plus years ago, allegedly. Another, uh, it just that's what bothers me is that, and it's Twitter of all places that people are scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and finding this, digging this stuff right. up, and isn't that what happened to the Guardians of the Galaxy director? Somebody oh yeah, found an but old that, joke from that. That was provoked. Yeah, I mean that was. He was going against some Trump supporters publicly, and this guy that he really kind of spearheaded a campaign against is notorious for for digging up dirt on people. So this guy got his followers to to help him dig up dirt on James Gunn, and, and you see how that has that right. situation has fallen apart since then. Twitter, it's I, I could see why people are deleting old tweets and whatnot, right, or anything off social media, but. Ultimately, nothing's going to happen to Randy Orton. There's no, it'd be different if there was like security camera footage that leaked, you know, and the WWE would be in like a Hogan situation where they had no choice because they have this, you know, footage that uh, would clearly show the inappropriate con that, that, you know, they're stuck with no choice but to do what they did with Hogan. Uh, But there's obviously no, it's just hearsay. It's just, uh, this person said this, this person said this happened, so ultimately nothing's going to happen to Randy Orton. Now, I think they're going to hope that this just blows over and they can, can kind of move on and, and not and really deal with it. I think I think, I for, think it will. I, I think it will, too. I think for this situation to to be amplified, to be given that, that spotlight again, I think somebody else has to come forward. I think somebody a bit more recent... Or, or a bit more, I don't want to say credible, because that's 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 rude to say against Court Bauer and whatnot, but somebody maybe with a bit more residence within the WWE locker room coming forward. Right. I, I think the only other person was um, Ken Anderson, and not that particular. He would just talk about what things Orton would do that would similar to this while traveling with them, but even him, it's not the most like you mentioned, credible 
person considering that Randy Orton was somewhat responsible for him getting released. So it's like, it's tough to go by that word as well. Sure. I mean, it's, 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 it is what it is. You know, Randy Orton has got away with it. I I can't imagine he really has a long tenure left in him. (laughs) And that's not me saying that as a guy who's not a, a, a fan of, of Randy Orton's, but just being honest, you know, he's been doing it for nearly 15 years in the pros. Now he's got a family at some point. He probably wants to at least lighten up the schedule. So WWE may just be kind of hoping they can coast off into whenever this is, whenever this riding off into the sunset happens. But if somebody else comes up and and has a bit more proof, documentation, uh, a text, video, something, then then they're going to shine this light and hopefully it doesn't tarnish their, their image too much, having one of their top stars behave so poorly. (laughs) <laughs> and plus with 10 15 years ago when when there was proof when there was more um uh, he was doing all this alleged stuff i mean they let it they they defended him back then I, here's the thing too these are old school like territory ribs i mean the even the the stuff the 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 crapping in someone's bag. I can remember in the MWF days when they brought in Greg the Hammer, people would joke like, hey, check your bag, man. Somebody might. Cause the, and then the, the, I think the, people just wanted to crap in your bag, Greg. <laughs> I think they're just using Greg the Hammer as an excuse. Uh, I, I listened to uh, Jim Cornette's uh, podcast, and he, uh, he talks about how this same thing was a territorial rib the people used to do and he even joked that if somebody would have just uh kicked them or hit them down there they'd be convinced would have made them the head writer <laughs> that that's a whole discussion an argument that <laughs> that we could have on this podcast we could Not have another podcast right, but... i mean that's that's a social statement like i i was uh dating uh, a black woman a couple years ago and my parents didn't want to tell my grandmother uh, because she didn't, you know, she has nothing against black people, but she just doesn't think that white people should date black people, shouldn't date people of mm. color. And I just asked grandma, I'm like, what color is she? She purple? And she agreed, what color is she? And she's, she's just a human being. Is that acceptable? It's like from her era, that was, that may have been a thing. Doesn't mean it's right here in the 2000s, right. you know? So all because the behavior was accepted back in the territory days, or even Doesn't when Orton mean... was getting into it. Right. You know, and if this is a story from the past, so be it. I'm not I'm not excusing that behavior, but things were different, especially in the WWE locker room back then. But if he tries to pull something like that now, or somewhat recently, no, you can't say, oh, well, I grew up with this. Times change. People have right. to change, too. And it, yeah, and it goes back. If there was like some security footage evidence of this happening, it was he would be in the same situation Hogan was. I mean, they would cut all ties with him. It's I, and I know what Hogan said was atrocious at times. Uh, but you know, uh, Vince McMahon has dropped the N word on TV uh, accidentally in the past. So why don't we ban him from WWE? That was brought up at the time, too. Standards. There's always going to be double standards, triple standards. Each situation is different. I'm not justifying one over the other, but it's... In this day of age, you ain't doing nothing right. Everything you're doing, most likely, (laughs) nine out of ten things you're doing is wrong. Right. Uh, No, wrong. Everybody is offended by everything. Yeah, I, I just hope this era comes and goes quickly and we... I don't know what it's going to take, but I just hope maybe it's the next generation of kids. Like, yeah, quit being such a bitch. <laughs> you know, who cares? Don't worry about that. You know, just, I don't know, toughen up. But I'm, I'm not saying some of these people don't deserve to bitch and moan. There are people that definitely have complaints and lawsuits out there. That is, I'm not generalizing everyone, but, you know. I got some news on some uh, lawsuits. Please, we'll go ahead. Well, we'll get to it. Oh, okay. But, uh, they why kind why of stick even with... bring it up? Okay, all right, cool. That's fine. <laughs> I tried to help you segue, but no, that's whatever. I'm offended uh, by that, Greg. 
<laughs> uh, I guess to stick with some SummerSlam news real quick, um, uh, it appears uh, Matt Hardy began his work as a backstage producer slash agent at SummerSlam uh, due to uh, several what's reported as nagging injuries. He is transitioning to a producer role. Uh, he'll be reevaluated later this year to see if he will be able to continue his in-ring career. So there's no word if his in-career truly is over or not. But as of right now, it's on a short hiatus. He, if you follow his tweets, certainly believes that at least the full-time in-ring career is done. Uh, and if that is the case, he's had a hell of a career. He is right. he has ridden the high of highs. He has been below the lowest of lows. This guy has seen it all in the pro wrestling industry and has come out better from it. He's come out the other side. Beautiful family, beautiful wife. Got to create his own character. I mean, like, he's accomplished almost everything you can in the industry. Right. And even, even had the big comeback, too. Yeah, I mean, so good for I, him. I, it just, I even remember we, we were we were even making fun of the broken Matt Hardy gimmick when it first started. When they first showed that picture of him, one of the TNA pay-per-views, we were just like, what is he doing? You know, they actually took this picture like this. This wasn't an accident. <laughs> I remember that discussion like, this was intentional. <laughs> right, right. He looks like our grandmother just woke up from electrocuting herself. <laughs> And they released this image. It's, yeah, I, I remember. Uh, and and it took a while. Something it. as radical as Broken Matt Hardy takes a little bit. But thankfully, Matt and TNA were patient with it and let people understand eventually. Oh, maybe we'll still see uh, Woken slash Broken uh, Matt Hardy on a part-time uh, a special appearance, Legends appearance. Sure. Basis. We... We talked about this recently, I think maybe on the last Triple Threat show, about Kane winning the election and all yeah. of the news and media outlets reporting him as former wrestler Kane. Uh, but he, since then, has said, I'll still wrestle when it makes sense. I'm not going to be there every week, but I am still available to wrestle from time to time. And I expect it. WWE will always be my home, so when they need me, I'll be there. I could absolutely see Matt Hardy doing the same thing. Right. Yeah. And then also at SummerSlam, uh, apparently before SummerSlam, it started, uh, Vince McMahon had a three-hour meeting uh, with Daniel Bryan regarding uh, signing a new contract. And it ended with him allegedly still not signing a new contract. Uh, unless WWE has a hell of a bait and switch that the crowd is not ready for, with Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella being announced for you know, the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view against Miz and Maurice on SmackDown this week, <laughs> I, I, they're at least hopeful something's going to happen. And, and uh, I said, and I said last week on the Low Blow that Daniel Bryan said in an interview recently that. He said the only reason the WWE contract's taking so long is because for the first time ever in his contract negotiations, he's using a lawyer. Mm. And so he says there's an extra step because the lawyer wants to make sure everything is right, make sure Daniel Bryan's comfortable with everything, so it's one extra step of back and forth. You know, Daniel Bryan's in the power position. You know, he doesn't, I mean, obviously he wants to stay with his wife, but... Who's to say Brie Bella's going to re-sign and stick around that long? I mean, Daniel Bryan can go anywhere and make a crap ton of money right now. Right. And then they also have him advertised for that Australia show, which is, what, in October? Super show. Right. <laughs> like, they, they, they ran out of name ideas for that one. <laughs> super sh Really? I'm like, we used to have super shows quite, like, every week. And, and I don't know. It's, I, I would much rather just take more old songs like Great Balls of Fire and just... <laughs> Turn them into a paper. WWE, let's do the twist. <laughs> Live from Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's. Uh, I would find something, you know. The hippie hippie shake. WWE hippie hippie shake. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll get to the lawsuits now. How about that? Okay. All right. <laughs> this one's actually shocking, really. So uh, shocking. 
when I when I read when I saw the news article, you know, this kind of came out of the left field. Colt Cabana filed a lawsuit against CM Punk for breach of contract and fraud stemming from the defamation lawsuit that they won. Uh, Colt Cabana claims that he has text messages from CM Punk saying that CM Punk would cover his uh, legal fees. Uh, that's what this, the lawsuit is over. Is Colt Cabana wanting CM Punk to cover his legal fees. It's like 500000 or so that, that CM Punk expects I know, him to cover. How much was the doctor suing for? I mean, he could have just paid off the doc. Uh, was the doctor suing for that amount? I wasn't there. I don't know. I don't know these details, Greg. All I do know is that there are people online. There are fans that are... I mean, I love a good conspiracy theory. You know this, Greg. Uh, But there are some people that believe that all of this between CM Punk and Colt Cabana is a work... Ah. Uh, or a shoot, or I don't know, whatever. That they're in this together just to screw with... Oh, no. No, this is, that's that's taking it too far. It's one thing to be the Sandman and not leave your house for a month <laughs> to sell a storyline. To actually file official documents with the U.S. Court of Law. Right. To sell a story? Oh, come on. That's, that's, I could see somebody doing that in the future. Not these two. <laughs> they have too much going on in their respective lives to, like, okay, this is, this is what we're going to do now. We're going to hire lawyer. No. No, no. but this after this lawsuit came out, though, after, or at least Colt's counter-lawsuit or whatever, right. uh, you know, they, they announced CM Punk's name at a show that Colt Cabana was at, and the Chicago crowd booed CM Punk's name. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You know, and then CM Punk, I don't know if this is in your news or not, but CM Punk uh, was confirmed to have been asked to be at All In. September 1st, that Cody right. Rhodes and the Young Bucks did extend the invite. and he claimed he wasn't asked, right? Well, well, Cody says that he was asked. They had a phone conversation about it. Before Cody came out and said that he, CM Punk claimed that he wasn't asked. And then Cody said no in an interview. No, I, we did ask. We gave him a full offer and everything of to who wrestle. he was going to wrestle. and yeah. Uh, but he he said no. He's focused on his MMA, which we kind of expected. I mean, that's no big. You know, that's not really a big deal. But at least the All In people attempted to uh, to reach out and try to bring him. You know, sh- whoever can get CM Punk back for you know an on screen or in ring appearance. He doesn't even have to wrestle, but just putting him in the ring at a wrestling show. Whoever gets that that moment is going to be huge for them. <laughs> that makes them. That makes their moment. If you can, can somehow convince CM Punk to step in the ring again, even just a wave to the fans, <laughs> which I, I bet at that point people don't boo. <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? That's that's impressive. Though, a Colt Cabana against CM Punk booed. He's suing for the the five hundred thousand in legal fee, but then also seeking another two hundred thousand in general damages, as well as another. One million in uh, punitive damages. So we total is uh, closer to two million, actually. Yeah, uh, but but I, I'm willing to bet Colt and his representation both understand that th- that's not going to happen. Right. But you you start high, negotiate lower. You try to meet in yeah. the middle. So I, I think he'll be all right. Uh, he's not going to get that near two million dollar you know uh, settlement. But you got to start high. It's much like sales, you know? You walk, hey, you want to advertise with WrestlingAudio.com? $2 million per ad, please. <laughs> oh, that's not in your budget? Okay, we can go down to 50 bucks an ad. <laughs> I'll do that for you, but only for you. <laughs> uh, the other lawsuit recently filed was Jeff Jarrett and Global Force Wrestling has filed a lawsuit against Impact Wrestling's parent company, the Owl Anthem Sports. Why would you uh, Jer- sue an animal? <laughs> Jeff Jarrett filed a copyright infringement lawsuit against Anthem due to Anthem uh, still, quote, reproducing, distributing, and publicly displaying uh, the Global Force Amped content, 
without um, compensation or royalties to Mr. Jarrett. And then they're also they're also alleging that the Global Wrestling Network is too similar to uh, Global Force intellectual property as well. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. Uh, Jeff Jeff had a big influence on Impact when he came in and was really trying to clean up the product, streamline it, get things back on track. He put his Global Force name on top of it or with it, which, you know, obviously was a benefit to GFW too, don't get me wrong, but he made a lot of moves to really help Impact out, and he had some issues, he had some substance issues, and you know, was unceremoniously dumped from the company. And obviously, like, we're talking about how uh, the Impact Championship, it just became the Global uh, Force Wrestling Championship. It's like they were making all these changes even though he was on his way out. Yeah, I could see him having some issues with that. Right. Well, and and at that Global Wrestling Network, that was right when they were first putting that together at the time. So, of course, they're going to have the website and stuff look similar to... To the uh, and that's even why it was probably called the Global Wrestling Network because it was completely rebranded as Global Force Wrestling while Jarrett was there. Mm-hmm. Oh, Greg's popular. Is that <laughs> Jeff Jarrett calling? He knows that you're you're it talking about him. Could be. Uh oh. Wonder if it's like somebody about to file us a lawsuit. <laughs> My wrestling audio. We need could you to stop a, talking a about Randy Orton. Once Jarrett left, I mean, it should have been common sense to, uh, you know, not because that goal that GFW amped was a string of shows that Jarrett filmed by, you know, on his own that had nothing to do with impact. They, they even had the official lighting. I think those are the shows that had the official, they had official lighting sponsorship. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and it, didn't you go to one of the shows? Wasn't it near you at the time when it was being, uh, so, so I went to the very first ever GFW show. Yes, Greg. I was I uh, was close enough. I made a trip to Vegas. Worked, yeah, that, worked yeah, press was, for it. Yeah. The, the amp, yeah, that was one of the amp shows. One of the amp shows, the ones that took years to see the light of day, yes. Right. Until it finally appeared yeah, on Impact Wrestling and the Global Wrestling Network, I think. But yeah, yeah I mean, I could see because that's, I mean, that really had nothing to do with uh, Impact that wasn't promoted in any way, shape, or form by the owners of Impact Wrestling, whoever that was at the time. So, yeah, I mean, they, they really probably should have taken that stuff down. Well, I mean, as for the probably should have never aired it because it was crap. <laughs> there was there was a few good matches, but like half the roster had moved on to NXT or WWE. I do remember that. The, the Even they had their roster on the website when you went through half the roster. Yeah. None of them were even, they were all signed to another company by the time. I mean, I know, I know, I, like big, big deals. Like Eric Young was on the show. Bobby Roode had a huge influence on the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, just, it, it kept going from there. TJP, you know, TJ Perkins was uh, was there. It's like it, it, it was rough. And I know I've told the stories a lot. If, if people want me to tell the stories again, I have no problem doing so. Uh, remembering the first ever GFW experience and <laughs> and not going back. <laughs> But as for the the Global Wrestling Network, uh, I mean, if the website's green or using the same color scheme, I don't know. And and as for the name, I mean, I remember saying, well, it's Global Wrestling Network and not Global Force Wrestling Network. So, I mean, I I felt that they had changed the, the network enough to where it wasn't exactly infringing on Global Force Wrestling. I mean, you can't tell a website what color scheme they're going to use. I mean, if it happens to be the same color scheme. Did did that caller that just called you leave a message? Because maybe they're going to tell us to change our color scheme. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know who called, so I didn't answer. Our colors are too close to those of a porn site. <laughs> As for uh, All In, I only had, I had two more articles here. The one we already went over was the, the CM Punk offer to be all in all in uh another i guess kind of surprising person to be all in is billy gunn he was announced for battle royal the pre-show battle royal the over the budget battle royal yeah right. um yeah it's an interesting inclusion he doesn't 
seem to on paper fit in, but I think he's good name value for right. a battle royal, which isn't isn't full of it. I mean, that's and, he, and he's the perfect WWE spy. The report back to Triple H and Vince McMahon exactly what's going on backstage. Give them all the dirt. Wow, you sound like one of those people that thinks Colt Cabana and CM Punk <laughs> are in this together. It's you said uh, you like a good conspiracy theory. Here's a good one. So, so that's like all in zero hour. You know, we call it the pre-show, but Cody Rhodes really wants to promote that it's not a pre-show. That it is. Zero Hour is its own show that's going to be shown for free to everyone. So, right. uh, and and this Battle Royal is a part of it. So, putting Billy Gunn, a name to a lot of casual or maybe former fans who don't watch at all or as often as they used to, could gain a little bit of interest. Like, oh, this has got Billy Gunn. One, they want to see what he's up to, how he looks, and two, Let's see see what these guys got to offer. So I think it's actually a smart move. He's not a he's not a home run name to casual fans, but he piques interest to a lot of people who may not know the other names attached. Right. So I actually think it's a quite a smart move. He wouldn't be my first choice, but that I, I like the unpredictability of it. And again, everything that all the backstage dirt will get reported back to WWE. Sure. Whatever you say. <laughs> so that's all I have for news. Okay. Is there anything I forgot? Uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't really gather much uh, today. I figured uh, you would cover most of uh, of the big stuff there. I, obviously, there's always news. There's always something going on. But uh, you know, I, I guess the only thing that pops into my mind right now is that Eric Rowan is injured. Hence, why the Bludgeon Brothers kind of surprisingly dropped their tag titles on SmackDown this week because Eric Rowan uh, needs to get uh, his elbow, or I don't remember what it is, but he's injured, going to be out, in most cases, four to six months. So uh, Luke Harper has to reinvent himself again. (laughs) Or they make a trade and Bray Wyatt comes back over. But, like, is that just going to the well too often? (laughs) Yeah, and that's a legit question, Greg. I mean, like, what do you do with Luke Harper at this point? Bray Wyatt lost his tag partner recently. Do you do you bring the Wyatt family back, or is that ship sailed? I don't know. I mean, it's how, like you said, how how many times can they reinvent it? But what are we on the third reinvention of the Shield now? Since <laughs> well, I don't know if it's reinvention. It's just a reunion. That's reunion. Yeah. I, it's I guess it is technically different. It's just because, like, they're just reuniting where Bray's kind of, you know, gone through some characters and, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I want to say Luke Harper's gone through characters, and I guess technically he has, but he and Rowan, the Wyatt family, those guys always go back to each other. So I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see what happens. I've already been curious about Bray's future, but now with Luke losing a partner Maybe it's the time. Maybe you just do it, put the the Wyatts back together again because the Shield's back together and we need factions, right? Or here's what you do. He shaves the beard and shaves his head and just comes back as a completely new gimmick. And we have no... Cause he, maybe, maybe, maybe he, Luke Harper can shave his head and shave his beard, or at least trim it, and then start dressing nicer and he can be the constable of SmackDown. <laughs> Perfect! <laughs> It worked on Raw, apparently. I don't know if works is the word I would use, but it happens on Raw. <laughs> it's a thing. And then give it a few months. Constable Harper will uh, be GM while Paige is suspended. <laughs> Perfect! Well, we know that Raw and SmackDown love copying storylines, except for the good ones. They don't copy the good ones, but well, the bad storylines. for some reason? What's that? Is she suspended? No, 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 no. Uh, Kurt Angle was suspended. Oh, uh, I, I I see. I got you. I got on you. screen, he was right, suspended. Right, so right. Constable Corbin, or as I like to call him, Constantinople Corbin, he uh, he's running the show for the time being. So, you know, why not? WWE doesn't copy the good storylines. They only like to duplicate the crappy ones. And since Constable Corbin is a crappy one, Constable <laughs> Harper makes perfect sense. Isn't it better, though, what he had going prior? No... No, no. I think it's it's the same level of suck. It's just not oh. a parallel suck. Oh, it's just parallel, right on par. Just like yeah. Infinity War and Batman versus Superman. Gotcha. Sure. Why not? How's uh, <laughs> how's the sound check going, by the way, Greg? <laughs> 
We're almost uh, uh, there. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, I'm sure. It just it just needs some uh, post production tweaking. Well, good, perfect it, timing, Greg, because we're about a month away from our 13th anniversary. <laughs> so I think in the 13. month of September, you should debut this sound check as a celebration of our birthday. <laughs> well, maybe I will. It sounds like it sounds like a plan. It sounds like a perfect plan. Sometimes, though, I don't always stick to plans, though, you know? Well, I I think I'm getting the Wrestling Auto Universe hopes up because (laughs) we like to do something special and different for our birthday, and we don't like to go to the same well too often, and obviously that well called the sound check is very deep and yet somehow very shallow. (laughs) Hasn't been tapped very much, has it? No, it really hasn't. It's like really stale, musty (laughs) water with legionnaires that they tell you not to drink. You know, kind of like that water that sits in like the 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 the, the fire sprinklers. You know, right? The, that water just kind of sits there because it never never leaves until somebody so, lights up. So that. you know, and then you got that rusty, disgusting water that then shoots out everywhere. Right. I and, show you know, up. Sprinklers go off. I show up to these programs every single week. Last week, an exception, but I'm here all the time. I am the mountain spring water. Of wrestling audio, Greg, <laughs> the, the sound PG guy. Water? The sound, the sound check is the Flint, Michigan water. <laughs> oh, you know, we're probably going to get some negative feedback from our Flint, Michigan listeners. Dude, we're going to get negative feedback anyway. I know everybody's offended by everything. I mean, we were never politically correct to begin with. <laughs> I'm actually surprised we haven't been attacked more so, but. <laughs> It is what it is. So anyway, Greg, what do we got going on with the fun facts today? Royal well, Rumble fun facts. What year are we on? 1999. We're 99. 99. That was a good year, man. It was a good year. It was a good year. It was the year that Vin- that Stone Cold Steve Austin had no chance, no chance in hell of winning this uh, Royal Rumble. As the theme song told us over and over again, leading up to this Royal Rumble, which leads us to fun fact number one. It contained a theme song that would stand the test of time. <laughs> yes, it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> People still sing it when he comes out. <laughs> so so originally Vince McMahon's theme song that he, he's used for the past 20 years now, 19 years, was originally the the theme song for this pay-per-view. Which, that, that was which is easy to forget. I mean, it's easy to to let that escape if you did watch it back then and still watch now. That, uh, yeah, it wasn't created specifically for Mr. McMahon. No, because the corporation never had their own theme song when they started the corporation in 98. Each wrestler still used their own individual theme song. Yeah. And at the time, you know, Vince McMahon or Shane McMahon came out with one of the wrestlers the very rare did they or they came out all together uh so they would use one of the wrestlers theme songs up until this pay-per-view and then the uh no chance in hell theme song at that point after that pay-per-view then became uh just the the de facto vince mcmahon uh theme song i want to i want to sidetrack with my own fun fact. It's not a Royal Rumble fun fact, yeah. but a real-life fun fact based off of something you just said. Right. Uh, you talk about the corporation and whatnot. One of the members was the big boss man. Yes. And I recently met a young lady who is probably the biggest boss man fan I've ever met. And it's okay. just I think it's kind of cool because it's not the typical choice. Right. And it's not the typical gender of big boss man fans. <laughs> Right. I hate to stereotype, but uh, I was very shocked when uh, when I was told this that she has an unhealthy fascination with the big boss man, and I think I, I developed a bit more respect for that out of the box choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's cool. I like it. You know, uh, I appreciate as a fan of the boogeyman. I appreciate <laughs> somebody else's not so typical because all the time you're like, oh, who's your favorite? Oh, The Rock. Oh, Stone Cold. Oh, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I'm like, how about somebody different? You know, you tell me that uh, your favorite wrestler of all time is Lord Tensai. We're best friends. <laughs> no, another quick boss man fun fact, too, while we're on boss man. Real quick, uh, I, I'd i read, because, you know, in the early 90s, he was doing the actual cop, you know. Uh, right. He was the, the yeah. face, the, the face of law and order. 
And uh, not the TV when, show. When, when Vince McMahon was going through the steroid trial, and it looked like Vince McMahon was going going to be put in jail, uh, people at the time assumed he was going to lose the uh, the trial. Yeah. The trial. Yeah. Uh, and he was legitimately concerned about his gimmick, and that was part of the reason he jumped the WCW in '93 before that went through because he was concerned that if Vince McMahon went to jail and lost the trial, that it would hurt his law and order gimmick that he was working, you know, for a criminal. And then eventually he returned to WWE and uh, created the shield gimmick that we know and love now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Him and a bull Buchanan. Yeah. Bull Buchanan. Yeah. B squared. Yeah. B squared. Yep. Yep. Uh, so a couple boss man facts and a B squared reference. You're welcome world. <laughs> Uh, fun fact number two. Oh, we got seven, by the way. Yeah. Why do you screw over my favorite rumble, but every other one goes over, Greg? I couldn't find that many fun facts. For... You, and no offense to your mom, but you are a son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> uh, number two, the dark match for this Royal Rumble contained two future world champions. Uh, out of the nine matches that took place, six of them on pay-per-view, Two of them on Sunday Night Heat and one unaired. The one unaired featured Christian, who was part of the brood at the time, mm-hmm. versus a 21-year-old Jeff Hardy. One-on-one. Uh, Jeff Hardy, you know, Hardy Boys at this time, was really nothing more than uh, filler crash dummies uh, on Sunday Night Heat. Yeah, I would, on the note, regardless of it being two future world champions, which is great that it worked out for both of them, why why don't WWE still do that at live events? Why why wouldn't you give the crowd something more rather than opening up the doors a half an hour tops before the first match on the pre-show begins? Is that how they do it now? Pretty much. I mean, you watch... I mean, I haven't been to a live television taping in... And you Probably, watch. I think a decade now, when I went with you in Cleveland in like '05, I think is the last television taping I went to. Uh, we need to change that for you, man. If nothing <laughs> else, for for your kids, so they can experience that <laughs> I, madness. I've taken them to some live events, but they weren't television tapings. Well, we need to we need to change that. But uh, it's like WWE has stepped back. Like they used to open like 90 minutes early back in yeah, the yeah, and they'd 90s. always have at least one or two dark matches before the. The, which, which whatever taping I know they do it for TV stuff. tapings, but they don't do it for pay-per-views anymore. Ah, uh, um, yeah, they did it with the pay-per-views back in the day. Well, they did. I remember even seeing Kurt Angle at the beginning yeah. of the No Mercy '99 pay-per-view. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just saying, but nowadays they don't do that. Ah, uh, because now if you look at SummerSlam's pre-show, the first match was Rusev and Lana versus Zelina Vega and Cien Almas. So you you had that tag match. Maybe, at most, half the arena was there, while the rest of them were still right. going through security because it takes longer nowadays. Right. Yeah, that's the thing I do remember, too, 20 years ago. There was no metal detectors. There was no, I mean, you, you pretty much had somebody look at you and say, do you got anything on you? No, I'm good. Okay, go ahead and go in. <laughs> that was it. That was it for the security, uh now, Getting I don't into know, Arena 20 years ago. I know we got NXT now. Maybe that's the difference, is that we already <laughs> got, you know, a training ground, so to speak. But some of those performance center individuals, why not put them out and let them be the people in front of half a crowd? Right. And, and then when your stars are ready to wrestle and you're ready to do your pre-show, then you, you got more arena there. And the crowd's already hopefully somewhat riled up. I mean, you could argue, well, it's a pay-per-view. They should be riled up anyway, but... It's just good exposure, right? especially in front of a rowdy pay-per-view crowd, but I don't know. I guess I'm traditional like that. <laughs> well, uh, fun fact number three is uh, referring to the pre-show, Sunday Night Heat did a monster rating. Uh, Heat did a whopping 4.77 TV rating uh, that was actually higher than the episode of Nitro that aired... Um, you know, six nights earlier, did a 4.44. And it wasn't even that far behind from Monday Night Raw that did a 5.5. Well, there you go. Well, obviously, things are different now when it comes to ratings than what they were back then. But uh, they're lucky. Uh, pre shows were. They're lucky to get a one. <laughs> I mean, like one viewer. 
Not not a one share, one person. <laughs> pre-shows, uh, the, the, the pre-show Sunday Night Heat was a big deal for pay-per-views back in the late 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, I mean, it really was. It was it was a good way to kind of remind casual fans of what was going on and, you know, maybe hopefully the, convince them to spend that absurd amount right, of money. The channel surfers, you know, we didn't have DVR boxes back then. I mean, we had VCRs, but we didn't have DVRs. So a lot of people uh, would just be clicking through to see what's going on on live TV, and then you, you might hit the usa network as you're flipping through at that during that hour block yeah yeah i mean it's that's kind of what all ends doing all all ends going old school in a couple weeks time with the idea of that free zero hour oh uh something i wanted to bring up about that i forgot too i saw that the you know we were joking about last time we recorded we were joking how much that starcast cost and i just seen the advertisements where they suddenly cut the price the Starcast, and I thought that was kind of funny because if you're selling the the pay-per-views or whatever you want to call it for Starcast, you wouldn't be cutting the price, so they must not be selling that many. No, it's an absurd price for the the Starcast. I mean, everything else you can debate, but and I know people that are poning up the money. They think it's a really great opportunity, and I really hope it is. But some of these individuals, some of these fellow podcasts, I'm seeing poning up the money for booths there are starting to promote some of the stars that they were told may stop by. And these are some smaller podcasts I'm seeing. And so they're getting smaller names. And I'm like, if I'm paying the same amount of money as a bigger, more publicized, promoted, star-powered podcast, I should be getting the same quality uh, of stars coming by. There should not be a, a priority list if you're spending the same amount of money. Right. That's me just working the Comic-Con thing. Yeah, you're going to work connections. There are going to be ones that the stars want to be on more than others. But I'm like, I'm just looking at this. I'm I'm glad I didn't seriously consider spending the money on this because well, odds are I, we just get lost in the shuffle. I wasn't even talking about the cost of the uh, booths. I was talking about just as a fan ordering the StarCast pay-per-view from the fight network the fight network has cut the price oh, okay in half. okay all right uh, what? so yeah th- that's what i was referring to is the, the i've seen advertisements for the starcast pay-per-view for the fans to buy on the fight network and they've cut the price in half well there's so they must not be selling too many pay-per-views if they're cutting the price in half a week uh, before the show maybe maybe that that is one very uh, distinct possibility. Or, on the flip side, they have made more money than expected. Or the anticipation, like they may have done some surveys, they're seeing trends, and they may see that there's a lot of interest in it, but maybe after some analysis, they realize that price point might be a little too lofty. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so maybe it could be a move to expose to a larger audience. Could be. I'm going to guess, though, that they ain't selling too many. and that's You're very that's critical why. today, Greg. <laughs> is it is it because uh, Avengers Infinity War is so much better than any of your precious DC properties? Is that is that why you're a little bitter and jaded today? But you just don't want to admit it? No, no, it's just... It, it's, it's on par with uh, Batman and Superman. The criticisms that was thrown at Batman versus Superman could be thrown at Infinity War 2. <laughs> yet, yet the universe doesn't do that so i, I love that scene i love that scene when when captain america struggling with thanos and then he just yells out the name martha <laughs> and then thanos is like why do you say that name and then and then they get along after that thanos does not snap his fingers and happily ever after because they both share moms named martha <laughs> i loved that moment i'm so good Maybe I'll, I'll go into more detail on a different show. I mean, I, I, I could I could be an hour on this. We should. All... We, we, well, I, I don't have the time tonight, but I, we should do an app show. <laughs> I want to do an app show or a Patreon show where you and I, we go a little off top or a lot off topic. Uh, the only reason we bring this up, people, is because there was a bet attached to it. In case you're new and you're wondering why the hell we do talk about it so much. Uh, that does have a relation to previous topics on this on this podcast, but... Yeah, we should do that, Gray, because I, I want to hear whatever asinine opinions you have. 
So the the next fun fact. Uh, yeah, good idea. Uh, <laughs> um, Rock and Mick Foley. You remember their infamous uh, match where Foley took a whole lot of chair shots. Oof, still uh, sends shivers up my spine thinking about it. Uh, the Rock and Foley originally just agreed upon five chair shots. That's what was discussed before the match. Uh, the thing was, though, is the Rock had delivered five chair shots while they were still in the ring, and he was supposed to chair shot Foley up the ramp until you know the, the he he took the the last one and then put the microphone in his face and then have the the whole thing where uh, he's saying he's quit when it was really just a recording. Uh, so so that was the the problem is the Rock delivered uh, too many chair shots in the ring. And still had to chair shot his way up the ramp uh, to finally, I guess, deliver the, the kill shot at the end, which then turned into, um, I believe, um, it was like eleven or twelve chair shots. Yeah, it was it was asinine, and probably one of the reasons why there there's less spouses at ringside for some of these matches because you saw the camera cut to Foley's wife and kids who were just bawling because you yeah. know, Rock went off script and was beating the hell out of Mick Foley, out of mankind. Not on the pay-per-view, though. It was shown on that Beyond the Mat uh, documentary. Are you sure it wasn't on the pay-per-view, too? Yeah, I, it was really not on the pay-per-view. I thought it was, but maybe not. Yeah. No, it was not on the pay-per-view. It was WWE had the footage because somehow, you know, the, the Beyond the Mat thing was like a whole thing in itself where... The guy kind of lied to the WWE on what he was going to do with the footage and then uh, ended up getting footage that the WWE had shot. And then that's what where they're, they're showing Foley's kids and stuff because that is footage shot by WWE cameras. But that footage was never used during the live pay-per-view or any of the tapes of the pay-per-view. The guy behind the documentary got the rights to the footage and then put together his documentary and use that footage in his documentary. Sure. All the same. There's you, you got to be careful with that stuff, now, especially if you're going to get into a brutal match like that. You better hope nobody goes off script. If for another weather reason, for family nearby. Right. And, the, and then uh, it said that uh, Foley felt the rock had gone a little too far with the uh, quantity of chair shots. But then he also says that he didn't know how how bad it looked until after. Uh, next fun fact having to do with the Rumble itself. China was the first female entrance ever in the Royal Rumble in this Rumble. Well, there you go. See, the women's movement started all the way back then. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the 99 appearance marked the, the, the first of, I believe, four instances uh, where a woman competed in the Rumble match because uh, China did so again a year later in uh, the 2000 Royal Rumble. And then approximately 10 years later, we had uh, uh, Beth Phoenix and Karma. And now we have our own women's Royal Rumble now. So, And that's cool. And nice to see that, you know, it, it took a couple decades still. But hey, you know what? Better late than ever. Right. Uh, regarding the Rumble match two, the next fun fact is only nine entrances made it past ten minutes. Everybody hmm. was in and out hmm. within ten minutes. Well, you know, and it was. You, you do that now, people are going to complain and be like, "Oh, it's not like the Attitude Era." But they forget little details like this that there was. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's per. It makes sense for the era. It really does. It does, because, uh, and then also, the, if the match itself, you had uh, uh, Austin and McMahon start the match, then they were the last two in the match, but they weren't actually uh, wrestling in the match. You know, they had them leave the ring and then disappear and then come back at the very end. So they had the least amount of time in the ring, but the overall longest time in the Rumble that makes any which is if that makes sense to you that's what sure sure uh but the the wrestlers that lasted uh between 10 to 19 minutes included the big boss man triple h test val venus draws 
Edge and the Road Dog. And you remember the Road Dog in this Royal Rumble? Is that the one that he was in the fetal position? Yes, that's the one where he cr- cradled the bottom rope with his arms and legs. And smart and, move, man. And then we always joke, like, why didn't anybody do this? That made that's psychologically that's so much sense. And when you give him the rules of the rumble, it makes perfect sense to me, man. And no one's done it since, I believe. I don't think so. Well, bring it. Give it time. Give it time. Somebody will replicate that's it. You, the upcoming row, who who would be the best current wrestler to take the road dog spot, the road dog fetal position spot? Are you looking for mid Carter that we don't seriously think will win or just basic character? Either or. I mean, it, it, I'd assume it'd be a mid card. I can't believe uh, you know, well, having a main event. Well, do I, got, that. I got two answers and they're actually both related. Okay. Uh, so main eventer that could do it would be okay. Kevin Owens. Okay. I, I buy that one. Yeah. Uh, but I think mid-card level, I could see a Sami Zayn doing it. Yeah. I mean, so that's those are the ones that kind of make sense to me offhand. Uh, maybe humorously, the New Day, maybe. Right. Uh, but you know, there's there's characters that could probably get away with it if they if they tried or wanted to. But you know, nobody wants to be that that comedic character. They all got to be cool badasses right now. <laughs> but hey, it's been twenty years. I don't. You know, I don't. It's time. We rehash stuff. It's time. It's time to rehash that. I agree. Somebody make it happen, please. <laughs> and the final fun fact is it was the most bought Royal Rumble at that point. So sure. out of all the Royal Rumbles from the beginning to 1999, uh, showed how much power the WWE uh, had become, how, how big it had become, because uh, it did the most buy rates of any previous Royal Rumble. Yeah, I mean, that such a great era. Attitude era. We do reminisce upon it fondly for a reason. It was so hot, so popular. Everybody knew something about what was going on in wrestling. And, you know, you had the height. You had great star power, WWE. And of course, at that time, a lot of the stars hadn't really become big stars yet. But you could see the talent there. WWE trying different things where WCW was... You know, stealing talent and kind of doing things in old school way still at that point. Well, in 99, it was a weird time for WCW because they, they, they were still they were still um, uh, acquiring a lot of ECW guys, you know, buying them out, a lot of the stars that were made in ECW. Because that was at the same time when Sandman became, uh, first he went by his own uh, real name as a rich boy, which didn't make any sense, and they made him hack. And then... Um, uh, you just had a lot of weird stuff going on in WCW at the time that was starting their downfalls. In 98, WCW was still doing big business. You know, they, they had the big pay-per-views themselves with uh, the, the Dennis Rodman match and the Carl uh, Malone. And the, the 99, just weird stuff uh, just started to happen in WCW. And then by 2000, I mean, that was it. I mean, they were they weren't coming back. And it's amazing how quickly things can fall apart, too. Yeah. Uh, when you just look at the height and where WCW's ratings were in 99 and, and then wrapped up in 2001. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's it's crazy how quickly things can turn, good or bad. But uh, I, it doesn't surprise me that that Rumble was so popular because everything that year in pro wrestling was popular. Right. Except actually, for except for Paul it, Heyman's bank account, but that's, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. This is another quick fun fact. This was the first ever pay-per-view that I saw live myself. Because prior to that as a kid, I mean, my parents never ordered the Royal Rumble. And it was you and I that went to a friend's house and watched it. He's the one that bought it. He's the one that spent the money on it, not us. Oh, God, no. Uh, no, God, no. <laughs> And uh, we went to his house, and we had a big Royal Rumble party. It was one of our first pay-per-view parties. And, uh, yeah, that was like the first pay-per-view that I ever actually watched uh, live and not on tape. VHS tape, because this was before DVDs. This is right when the DVD player came out in 99. That's so crazy. Tapes. (laughs) Tape trading, the only way to be really exposed to... Other promotions, especially overseas promotions. Ugh. Oh yeah, any of the the uh, Japanese death matches or anything like that. That was all. You had to get that on tape. Poor ass quality. Be kind, please. Rewind. That was, was the 
That was a fun was movie. the slogan on every uh, tape that you'd rent from a video rental place. Yeah. Yeah. Long time ago, my friend. <laughs> Again, amazing how quickly things change. Hey. If there's anything you would like to comment on, good, bad, uh, if you want to argue with us, you want to add to the discussion, you want to tell Greg how wrong he is about <laughs> critiquing Infinity War, please bring it on. You don't even need to hear his argument to critique it. That's fine. At Wrestling Audio and all the socials. Amazon, where I got a bunch of shirts. Uh, at oh, and Pop Sockets. And Pop Sockets, yes. Uh, I assume the Pop Sockets, like the shirts, are set at Amazon's minimum pricing. Yeah, they are eleven ninety five. I know that's $2 more than the average Pop Socket. But this has a cool logo on it. <laughs> not, not some just, you know, generic uh, design. I mean, this has a cool logo on it. So, so eleven ninety five for an official wrestling audio pop socket to 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 deck out your phone with or tablet. Sure, sure. I mean, it's or, it's options. You know, even if you're not looking for pop socket, there's there. They got the shirts with a bunch of different designs. Either wrestling audio logo, you get a mofo. Uh, you know, more stuff coming to the store. So always be checking that. A Patreon if you want to help support us as a small podcast. And again, Wizard World Chicago, where myself and then my other co-host balls will be doing a uh, live podcast recording so hopefully uh we'll hear from you see from you to some extent greg i'm sure i will talk to you next week sir yes still not enough for you why because you're selfish you're selfish download the all-new wrestling audio app from google play Oh no, Tommaso Ciampa! To hear exclusive shows. Attacking his former tag team partner!